What's up, fam? Dr. O here, and this has been such an interesting week. And I've been thinking a lot about, obviously, what's been happening with, with LSU and injuries and the team, uh, as well as what's been happening in Tennessee with the Tennessee 3 or the Tennessee 2. I don't know if you want to say Tennessee 2 and a half. I don't know. With Justin Jones and Pearsons and, and Gloria Johnson. And rather than getting into the particulars of both situations, the reason why I want to join them together because it's, it's stories of two of three incredibly impressive and powerful and energetic and and just passionate young black people that I feel need to be commended at every level now as I said online I'm not get I, I'm annoyed of people having these conversations about you know these people being articulate I'm gonna get to that a little bit later but the reason why these three people individuals are connected to me and then extend as well, Gloria Johnson as well, is because both stories represent what I've been seeing this this week, uh, unconscious biases that have been taking place. And I've been going, and I, so this isn't really about them. This isn't about like Caitlin Clark or anything like that. It's about the stories that we unpack around what happened with them. So that, you know, when we take LSU, for example, and what happened with that situation, we had a situation where people were condemning Angel Reese for the hand gesture she made. Not that came from John Cena, but came from Tony Ayo, rapper. That's a story of cultural appropriation that we can get into a little bit later. But Tony Ayo gave credit to Tony Ayo, even though the rest of us don't. And, well, I do, but many of us in society don't. And people were saying it was unsportsmanlike, it was trash talking and so on and so forth, but mentioned nothing about Caitlin Clark and her history of trash talking, uh, even within the games during the, the, the playoffs, right? And and so that's up, and even Caitlin Clark was talking about how their people just competing on the floor, right? But you heard Angel Reese's comments where she said, all year, y'all have been talking about me, calling me hood, calling me this and calling me that. And that is where I jumped in as it relates to the debate. I mean, I've watched sports. I play sports. I'm cool with the whole trash talk thing. You get what you give regardless, right? So I don't, I'm not going there. But this whole idea of the language that was used, when, when Caitlin Clark would trash talk, people would talk about her being passionate, about her being great for the game. We see this with people like the MVP race in the NBA with Embiid versus Nikola Jokic, you know, where Jokic is just passionate and just wants to win and doesn't care about MVPs. And, and whereas Joe Embiid is looked at as selfish, you know, primarily maybe because he hasn't won it yet and the like. But that dynamic is there. Tom Brady versus, you know, other players in the NFL. The list can go on and on and on about how we view white athletes versus black athletes. Black athletes, you know, we'll look at them as being egotistical, being all about themselves. But when we start throwing in things like hood and street and urban and all of those types of things, that's coded language. And it's coded for black. And you could disagree with me just off the top, but look at it, what it's meant historically. When we throw out terms like inner city, when we throw out terms like urban, that's what we're talking about. Just like when we throw out rural, there are black people who live in rural areas, but we're primarily talking about white people. That's just how it has always been. And so that was a lot what was going on as it relates to the coded language surrounding Angel Reese and, and Caitlin Clark. And people were bringing in Larry Bird and Magic Johnson and how in the NBA people saw Magic John, uh, Larry Bird as, you know, the great white hope. And I said online, people are trying to make Caitlin Clark into the great white hype and or the great white hope. And we're throwing these racist ideas on these young people who don't deserve it.
who don't deserve it. But Angel Reese was clearly getting it her entire career, at least as a college athlete, and she spoke to that. And so we have to be mindful of when we're using certain language. There's one thing to be able to critique certain actions, and I've critiqued certain things that Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark have said, but it wasn't a racialized lens to it. But society does racialize things, right? It's like Julian Bond said, America literally spells out I am race when you just switch the letters around, right? And so when we come to Tennessee and we see what's happening with Justin Jones and Justin Pearson and Gloria Johnson and how they came in together, but only the two brothers were the ones who got expelled, people can go back into the conversations about the bullhorn and who had this and who had what and all of that and all of the specifics. That's a conversation for another day. But the way it's painted is that the two young black men were kicked out. And when you look at the language that was used for them or used towards them uh, during the, the, the hearings, it was, again, coded language, and they were treating them like young black men who had to be checked, who had to be tamed, while at the same time protecting the white woman. And we've seen narratives like this play out historically where there may be black and a white person who are involved in sexual in, a sexual encounter that was not a rape, that was consensual, but the, the, the black man is again getting penalized. And some days back in the day, in some cases back in the day, lynched, castrated, so on and so forth, while the white woman continues to, to, to go on with what they're doing. And, and Gloria Johnson said, hey, maybe some of this has to do with my skin color. She didn't run away from it. And so we have to understand that these ideas and these thoughts are, are real and, and they're pervasive. One of the things that I'm looking, that I'm, I'm not gonna say looking forward to, but I'm, I'm paying attention to is how is the support going to go for the two Justins, Pearson and Jones, now that Gloria Johnson gets to stay? Will some of the white support for the activism start to dwindle? Will some of the black support start to pick up? Will it taper off? We have to pay, uh, pay attention to that because there's also something racialized that's there as well. And the last thing I will say, which I kind of hinted at in the beginning, this whole thing about Reese and Jones and Pearson being articulate, that's also racialized language as well. And we have to be mindful of that because this idea that, oh, they're the most, you know, this, you know, especially with the with the two politicians since Barack and since, you know, they're so, come on, that's racialized language because people don't expect young black people to be so well-spoken. Well, in the community that I come from, we expect that. So that doesn't impress me. And it takes away from the issues that they're actually fighting for, the things that they're actually talking about. So let's get out there. Let's continue to have a conversation. Let's have a conversation about all of it because these three young people who I see, I see people like that every day, and that's why I'm proud of them because they took that from what I see in our in our people, in our community, to the forefront, to the country, and that's why I support them, and that's why I ride with them. And so we have to look at and just make sure in every area, as we support or critique, that we're looking at racialized language that might be based in unconscious bias, implicit bias, that might surround what we're talking about. All right, I hope that makes sense. Share your comments. Peace. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.